Hey, women's hockey fans, welcome to another episode of the Founding Four podcast. Really excited to bring you my conversation with Sonia Shelley. This will be the second season that Sonia will be in the NWHL. She talks a little bit about how she got involved, really wasn't going to continue playing hockey after college, uh, but found her way on the Connecticut Whale. But for 2021, she will be with the Metropolitan Riveters. And so we get into that a little bit. We also just talk about goalie preparation as we are still amid a worldwide pandemic. Ice time practices are even fewer than they usually are for the NWHL. So Sonia gives us some insight on what she's doing to keep fresh and what are some of the challenges to having to do individual workouts, but how she's making that work for her. She also gives her take on what the NWHL bubble should be called and I thought gave a humorous answer to how she stays focused in between whistles and let's just say we're trying to get her some sponsor deals uh, because of her method for staying focused and in the game. So here we go, my interview with Metropolitan Riveters goalie Sonia Shelley. All right, thrilled to have on the Founding Four podcast, goalie Sonia Shelley. Now, Sonia, I got to know you covering the Connecticut Whale, of course, and being on that broadcast team. It has been such a long time since I've seen you around the ice. So first, we'll just get into kind of uh, how are you, where are you, you know, what's what's the vibe been like since March? <laughs> Right. I, I know. I've definitely been missing seeing you around the rink, Erica, and just seeing everybody consistently around the rink lately has been hard to do just because, well, with COVID, obviously, we can't practice as much. We can't see people as much. So it makes it very hard for everybody. But I've I've been doing really well considering just trying to see people when I can, being safe at the same time. But yeah, um, since then, I've just been, well, now I'm with the Riveters now. Uh, not with Connecticut anymore. Um, I had a great experience my first year with Connecticut, like a lot of great people on the team. It was a good introduction for me into the NWHL. And since then, I've just been trying to to slowly progress my game, uh, know more people in the hockey world, and just trying to live up the best I can. I love that. I love that. And you you alluded to you're with a different team. We're definitely going to get more into that. But first, I want to take it back to that rookie season. Uh, you come from a long line of Connecticut Whale goalies that put in a lot of work. Uh, I always love talking on the broadcasts about how Connecticut really, since the first season, have built their team and their teams have been known um, by their goalies. And I, I think you are certainly no exception to that trend. Um, so, you know, when, when you kind of signed with Connecticut, what, what were your expectations of the NWHL? And then having one season under your belt, kind of how did those expectations match up with the reality of being able to play your first pro season? It was really great. Uh, to be honest, I didn't know what to expect because coming out of college, I I honestly didn't have uh, any solid plans to play. So it wasn't really on my mind when I first committed to Connecticut. But when I finally did and I did a bit more research, I, I definitely saw that there 
were really, like you said, tremendous goalies on Connecticut Whale, and they have a, a great history of having very strong goalies there. So at first it was kind of daunting because, yeah, I, I definitely want to fill those shoes and play well. And I did what I could the first season. It was definitely a little nerve-wracking at first, but I think I was able to transition from college into the pro level and like all the people there definitely made it a lot easier because everybody has just been so great who I've been meeting like between you the coaching staff and all the players like it's just been really great um but since then I I've just been trying to transition into this pro level and I'm I think I'm doing so at this point I'm not quite sure I mean you never really know where you're at until you look in the past and see where you've been. But yeah, I'm just trying to, to up my level as much as I can and just be the best person I can be for my team. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And thank you for that nod. Obviously feel the same way about you and all of the other players that I get to know and see around the rink, uh, usually <laughs> in the NWHL. But, you know, and and that kind of finding your own I guess, benchmarks. You and I have had conversations about that. Obviously, you and Brooke split time in Connecticut. You two had known each other um, in college. And we talked about that, especially with a team like the Connecticut Whale, who, you know, unfortunately, a trend for that team has been really struggling to get wins on the board. But we also talked a lot about that the Connecticut team last year, and even the year before that, still finding a way to get incrementally better uh, to the point where, I mean, at the end of the season, you know, the, the whale was really able to shock some people with that, that play in game in particular. But um, just from that perspective, being around the team, you can think about yourself or just the team in general. I mean, what are some of the, the major takeaways? What do you think defined the Connecticut whale season, the 2019, 2020 season? Yeah, I would definitely agree. See, that was one of the hard things is we never got those official W's for wins, but most of our games were really, really close. And some of them were definitely heartbreakers where we would get in the lead, we'd fall behind, and then we'd get in the lead again, and then it just wouldn't come out our way. But it was those little wins within the games that would help us push forward and to really try to get that official W. It didn't happen during most of the season, but it definitely happened at the end, like how you mentioned the playing game. But it was just that underdog mentality that we had and the fact that we wanted to really just show people like, yes, we can compete in this league. Like we can play against top teams like Boston and compete with them well and even almost come on top, which it was definitely that that sort of mentality that would push us forward to just try to get better and better. And I think it definitely did towards the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Bray Ketchum did a great job. We know Bray has moved on to other things. She's, uh, as I understand, teaching now or in the teaching profession, which also something that is, is touch and go up in the air uh, these COVID days. So always want to congratulate uh, Bray. Uh, she's been so great with the league, but also take this time to acknowledge what she and, and the rest of the staff were able to do with the Connecticut Whale. It was a really fun season uh, to to be part of, even uh, if in the booth. But um, yeah, like you said, just that, that gritty Connecticut Whale style. Um, 
But now, as you mentioned, you will have to play against that style. So before we get <laughs> too much into that, let's just talk about the off season. You talked about coming in as a rookie, not really expecting to continue your hockey career. So at what point in time did you decide that you did want to come back to the NWHL? And, and when did the conversations with the Riveters start? Um, so I, after the, the first season, I definitely had the drive within myself to say, okay, I want to play another season. I have just that, that hockey taste on my tongue that I want to keep doing it and keep playing as long as I can at this point. So I'm definitely going to try to play as long as I can now, just because I love the game. I want to keep doing it. Um, but yes, transitioning from Connecticut to Riveters, I wasn't uh, quite sure. I was talking with both teams actually over the break and it just happened that the opportunity showed like one team over another and, I was already living in New Jersey, actually, so it kind of worked out that way. But yeah, I, I ended up getting in contact with the Riveters, and even the whale uh, helped me help guide me over to the Riveters. So it's kind of weird how it happened. I, it's just, I don't really know exactly how it happened, to be honest. But uh, yeah, I ended up speaking with them, and I liked the conversations I had with them, and I just decided to make the transition. I love it. So, you know, that's a thing that we see a lot in this league. Uh, you know, I talked about you being a part of a long line of goalies having to hold it down for the whale. But another trend we happen to see in the NWHL is that connection between the Riveters and the whale. And I think a lot of that has to do with proximity. If there are going to be trades, it makes a lot of sense for the trades to kind of happen through those teams or those teams facilitating just because of the proximity. Um, but, um, you know, in a normal season, you'd have, I mean, we're already in December, so you would have several games under your belt, obviously uh, twice a week practices at, at minimum. That's what we've seen. That's been the trend, but things are a lot different because of COVID. Um, so can you just kind of break down how the prep for this season has been different than what you experienced your rookie year. Right. So for this season, I would definitely say that there's a lot more individual efforts on people's parts. So we have to do a lot of things like workouts at home. We have to try to get on the ice by ourselves because sometimes like we don't always have practices every week. Like we've had some teams take a couple weeks breaks, just uh, whether it be their ice arena is closing down or um, other complications along the way. So there's definitely a lot more individual efforts that have to take place this year. Um, besides that, I would say just the fact that everybody does have to put in that individual effort. Um, people just need to be a lot more grounded, I think. Um, because knowing that they won't have games, they they won't might not have practices. They have to be a lot more grounded and focused, looking forward, saying, "Okay, we have this time period now where we can possibly play. So I need to be motivated and get myself to a point that I can play at this time." I hope you're enjoying this conversation with Sonia Shelley. Want to let you know that my next guest will be my first ever co-host, the one, the only. 
Mike Murphy, a.k.a. The Statsman. (laughs) Mike and I had a great conversation. It was so good to catch up with Mike. And I want to let you know about Her Hockey Counts. Mike Murphy, since I know him, has been tracking hockey statistics for women's hockey. And now he has made it official with his own Patreon page. Please check the description uh, to support Mike Murphy and the amazing work that he's doing in hockey analytics, particularly for women's hockey. So it's a founding for reunion. My co-host, co-founder of this podcast, Mike Murphy, joining me next episode. Uh, But until then, let's get back to Sonia and her breaking down just some of the things that she's focusing on during COVID to get ready for the single site Lake Placid season. Mm-hmm. There are two things that I'd, I'd love to break down, particularly because you are a goalie. One thing that you said is that individual effort and, you know, having to get comfortable with perhaps doing your own ice time or doing your own off ice workouts. And then you talked about being grounded. Um, so first, from a goalie perspective, uh, what has been your take on the times when you are having to do that individual time, whether it's on or off the ice, you know, on the one hand, I I get the sense that the goalie position might be one of the most technical positions in hockey. Like there are a lot of movements in, in that you can do in isolation to just focus and get that muscle memory. But then of course there's having the muscle memory to position your body in the right place, but you have to position your body because you're reacting to a puck. So when you don't have a puck coming at you, um, you know, I, I just wonder it, it, what are the maybe the benefits and, and some of the downsides to that individual workout as a goalie? Right. Yeah. Goalie is definitely very technical. And I think anybody that doesn't play the position, like they don't know it as well as what another goalie might know about it. So it's very technical. Uh, it's a lot about muscle memory and just practicing that that regular movement over and over to just really ingrain it into your into your system. I would say some of the drawbacks about it is not being able to get on the ice consistently. So then you can't practice that consistent muscle memory and just those movements. Because honestly, when you take one day off practice as a goalie personally I can I can tell that I'm off Mm. because you're just you're out of that routine and you kind of lose it a bit um I would say probably the upside is that I am able to have more recovery time so I'm not really wearing down on my body as much as I would be so that is a plus side but then it's also a drawback so it's it's a give and take it's like a catch-22 Right. Yeah. And, and I wonder, similar question to when it comes to being grounded. When, when I talk to goalies, again, obviously hockey is a team game. um, But, you know, I I was talking to Whitney Dove, who's with the Buttes and, you know, she was like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm the last line of defense before the goalie. And if I I mess up, I'm really glad the goalie is there. Um, But that puts a lot of pressure uh, on a goalie um, in a game scenario whether it's a mistake that's made or you know just a great play from the other end Um, and so I get the sense that goalies already in their routine have ways to even in a game find ways to to keep themselves grounded Uh, but also I get the sense that goalies also 
are really invigorated by the pace of a game happening in front of them, even if they're not directly involved. So again, similar question, you know, what are some of the upsides to having this time where you can maybe slow the game down and maybe some of the downsides to not having that adrenaline or not being able to, um, you know, challenge yourself uh, to keep yourself level-headed in a game situation. Right. Yeah, well, I, I might be weird for this, but during game situations, I actually, I do like commercial breaks and I do other little things just to keep my mind occupied. Commercial so, breaks? Wait, break that yeah. down. <laughs> so like if, a, if the whistle happens, I'll be like, this commercial was brought to you by Geico. Or, <laughs> I just do like weird little things to, to keep my mind going because if I end up having my mind feel awesome or I just lose focus and it's not good. I, like I need to constantly have something going on in my mind just to, just to stay in the game. But um, yeah, I would say probably the upside of it is that I can really hone down on some of my skills. Like I can really focus on particular skill sets and just, focus on that and really work on little things that I need to work on. But like you said, we're missing out on the challenging part of being in the game scenarios and just having that, that drive going on of being in a game situation. So it's, it's hard because once we finally do get in that game situation, it might be a little bit of a, a shocker at first. Cause I would say everybody that is, in the game of hockey who loves it definitely gets those butterflies before every game so it might just be a little bit extra butterflies before the, our next game scenario gotcha i truly have never heard of the commercial break kind of method but it makes total <laughs> sense it's like all right you know just as if you were watching the game you know from your couch or something <laughs> yeah i mean there's really no one to talk to back there besides yourself so i think every goalie might go a little crazy <laughs> fair enough all right cool so um you know maybe we should try to find you uh you know sponsored ads for your goalie breaks i mean why not right <laughs> <laughs> yeah just mic me up and, and give me some sponsorships all right, folks, let's work on that. Let's let's get that going for, for some time. <laughs> um, but I also want to talk a little bit about um, personal goals. Um, you know, even just in this conversation, I get the sense that a lot of what you do on and off the ice uh, is dictated by kind of how you feel about, um, you know, just what your, your contributions are to any given team and then, you know, how you want to excel uh, progress and continue to push your own game. I mean, that's a very natural thing, especially for elite athletes. That's what keeps folks going when, when everything else is, you know, down the crapper, <laughs> but, um, <Yeah. laughs> you know, um, so thinking of this season, you know, let's, if we can just kind of keep COVID to the side just for a minute. Um, but when you came into the season, you knew you would be with a new team. So a new coaching staff, a new, uh, tandem, so to speak, uh, in net. Uh, did you come in with with some ideas of of what you really wanted to focus on, and um, you know, uh, things that you felt that you wanted to be challenged in when it came to the goalie position with a new team? Yeah, I definitely did. Um, I definitely had some personal goals at the beginning of the season, and I, I still do, and I'm still striving to reach those goals. And like I said at the beginning, like I just want to be the best 
teammate and player I can be on my team. And ways for me to do that is to look at my previous season with Connecticut Whale and see my performance and see how that resulted. And I really just want to up my game from the previous season and I want to like be more consistent and to try to just make those big time saves and the necessary saves when my team really needs it and they need that boost. And I think doing little things like being consistent on the ice and uh, being consistently prepared and just doing all the little things to build up to make me a stronger goalie for my team this year is like my major goal. But it's it takes little goals such as uh, working on angles and becoming stronger and having like a stronger core and things like that are really my goals this year to to build up to my big goal. All right. Sounds good. We look forward to hopefully being able to to see that on the ice, but there will not be any home ice advantage this year for the Riveters or anyone else in the NWHL. We've seen single sites or, or neutral site games, I should say, throughout the history of the league, but now we're talking a complete season uh, it's going to be a uh, single site, Lake Placid, 1980s Olympic ice. Um, just kind of your first thoughts once you started hearing that plan uh, come together and, and be put in motion. Oh, I was so excited. I, I like, I think everybody was, to be honest, when we heard that the site was going to be Lake Placid. Um, with COVID going on and everything, I think for a little bit, the players had an idea that we might go into a bubble. So when the news came out about that, I think a lot of people were very, very excited because it's such a nostalgic place. It's like a winter wonderland, and especially for hockey, like the 1980 Miracle on Ice, like who wouldn't want to play there? Um, but yeah, I think everybody's excitement levels for the year, even though it's been condensed into a matter of like, two weeks or so, and we're not playing nearly as many games. I think we're all just as excited and we just want to play games at this point and we want to play against each other and being around each other, I think will be a really awesome experience. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was able to cover specifically the, the WNBA bubble, which was known as the wobble. Um, and they, each team had just about as many games as the NWHL will have overall. Uh, so obviously they had more games in their season. But what I can tell you is that condensing, and I think they they dropped per game, or per team, excuse me, they, they dropped maybe 12 or so games, 12 to 14 games from their schedule. Uh, but that was like intense. And, you know, all I have to do is watch the game and then prepare questions after the game. Um, when it comes to how you're preparing your body uh, for that really intense, you know, tournament style. Um, are there any things that you're doing differently than you did last season to prepare? Yes, definitely. I've, I've been thinking about that because I think they're only going to give us a day off per week, maybe. And otherwise we're going every day, like games, whether it be games or practices, but um yeah, so what I've been doing, like how I mentioned the individual efforts before, is I've been getting on the ice and doing workouts on the days that I have off to kind of just train my body to really not have a day off. Mm. 
and to be able to be fit enough to compete well at that time. Yeah, that was definitely, um, especially because the seasons that took place in the summer, you know, there was a lot of time where no one was really able to do much of anything at all. Um, you know, not even elite athletes. I mean, everything was was really shut down. We have a variation of, of that approach now, but I think conditioning was so important um, just to stay fit and to be game ready. So that makes a lot of a lot of sense. But wow, like one day off. For, for ice hockey. That's intense. That's intense. But uh... yeah, it really is. It really is. Because when you think about it, when you go to camps and stuff, and you're going every day, you even have some breaks in that time period too. But it's, it's going to be like the Olympic style games, really. It's going to be like a showcase. All right, moment of truth, Woho fans. In just a moment, you will hear me ask Sonia Shelley the most pressing question. Of course, the most pressing question with the news of the NWHL single site season for 2021 is what will the NWHL bubble be called? The Nine Newsletter put out a poll and N-double, I might have to take credit for that creation, came out on top. But I ask Sonia Shelley. So right now, if you're listening to the podcast and you can safely do so, Tweet, tweet at Founding4Pod what you think Sonia is going with for the bubble nickname. What's your best guess on what Sonia Shelley thinks the NWHL single site bubble should be called? All right, folks. I want to see those tweets. Only a few seconds left. We're getting back to the interview. Five, four, three, two. Sonia. I also want to ask you, I I alluded to the wobble, um, and that's kind of the terminology. I think it came from one of the players, actually. So I know at the Nine newsletter, we've put out a poll. There's all kinds of different hashtags that that are coming out. I'll give you a few of them. Uh, You've got, of course, the N-W-ubble, like N-wubble. I think it's going for N-double, but just like phonetically that is a little tough for me. Then you have the N double. So it's capital N, capital D, and then Ubble. Then you have just the Hubble. I've heard snow globe. I've heard snow bubble. Uh, Do you have a preference? What are you calling the single site for the NWHL? I haven't really thought about that. To be honest, I've just been calling it the bubble, but I've heard a lot of people saying the snow globe. And I think that that sounds pretty cool because Lake Placid is definitely a snow hub so I, I think snow globe would be a good reference I like that also we saw those amazing graphics with the logos in a snow globe so I think snow globe works definitely oh, that graphic was so cool right oh sick I was like if that was an actual physical thing I would buy the whole line for no reason other than I just have you know no restraint. <laughs> but <laughs> They should make t-shirts for sure. Yeah, it's amazing. That's amazing. All right, merch team. So we have a few tasks. Uh, I, I should say, because I'm not going to put this on Sonia, but Erica has a few tasks. One, we need to get Sonia a sponsor so that she can do commercial breaks <laughs> on the crease. And now we need actual snow globes and we will accept snow globe merch, preferably both though. If we can do all, that would be amazing. All of the above is like the goal. And like, we'll, 
maybe give you a side eye, but accept any combination of that. So <laughs> that's a plan. Get on it, folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've talked about last season. We've talked about the snow globe. Um, we also got a logo. So this is going to be the logo on the 1980s Olympic center ice, like Herb Brooks Arena. What are you feeling about this N-Dub uh, logo? I think it's awesome. I mean, if you look at the, just the, the aesthetics of that picture that they put up, it should make anybody excited to want to play there. Um, but I'm really excited. I, I think it's going to be a great experience and hopefully we can get some good broadcasting for that to really showcase what it looks like. Hey, I'm just saying I'm here. I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to add that to the list. I'll put it on like, you know, sub subtext over there. Um, but yeah, I think I'm really excited speaking kind of of broadcast or access to the snow globe. Um, we found out today that each of the teams is going to kind of have their fan access packages. I was like, whoa, I hope the media gets this access too. Like some of it's pretty sweet. Like, uh, the Riveters have different Q and A's and I know there's like a group package for teams that, that the Riveters are doing. Um, I mean, just being able to have your own cutout in, in the stands. Um, you know, I think, I think. What we've seen in sports and certainly in the NWHL is making the absolute best of a situation that nobody could have foreseen and that hopefully no one ever would wish for and certainly never wants to see again. Um, so when it comes to thinking about going to Lake Placid, thinking about all of the things that you'll have to prepare uh, mentally, physically, emotionally. I mean, what are some of the things that you're still kind of like, oh, how is this going to work? And maybe what are some of the things that help you kind of be more even keeled and, and dare I say, even excited about the 2021 season? I'm really excited. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I think I'm going to need to to really focus on is to keep my excitement level at a certain degree, because I don't want to get so overly excited that I, you know, I don't play the way that I should be. So I, I definitely need to keep myself grounded to a certain point and say like, okay, we're in an awesome place. We're, we're doing an awesome thing right now, but this is why I'm here. This is the goal. And that's what I need to focus on. I love it. Staying focused all the time. So thinking of that, though, you know that you'll be away uh, single site. I want you to think of things that you think will help you like you're on your packing list, things that are really going to help you stay focused um, and things that, you know, will you think help you when you do want some of those more calm, like, you know, low key times. What, what would you add to your your snow globe packing list, Sonia? Well, 100%, I'm going to need the warmest boots and jacket I have. <laughs> um, but besides under my packing list, I think definitely having my headphones and some good music will be important. Uh, for sure, a laptop, because in my downtime, I'm going to have to catch up on all my grades. Um, and probably, I always carry around my, uh, I call him Squishy, he's a ball. And I use them before every game. And I think that's going to be another thing that's going to keep me very focused and just uh, remind me, like, okay, like, this is why you're here. 
you can have some downtime, you can do all this. Let's go. Sounds good. It's, I like it. It's compact. It's, you know, just very logical. So, uh, well, Sonia, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, thank you so much for joining the Founding Ford Pod. And we're going to have to check in on the snow globe from time to time, see how you and everyone else is doing. Yeah, that would be awesome. And I'm really hoping that we have uh, the ability to show what it's like for the players inside the globe. So maybe a lot of the fans will be able to see that. Yeah, we look forward to it. So on that, um, are there places where folks can find you on social media or uh, any place that you direct them for any snow globe content you might be bringing our way? Definitely. Like I'm on Twitter and Instagram uh, for things relating to the NWHL. So if people want to follow me, it's just simple Sonia Shelley, my name at both of them. So um, yeah, if any updates or anything that I post, they can find it on there. All right. Sounds good. Well, you'll be getting a bunch of follows, I'm sure, especially <laughs> now that you'll be in the snow globe. Everyone wants that uh, BTS behind the scenes, you know? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. Well, again, thank you. Have a great day. Have a great week. Have a great end of 2020. And we will catch you on the ice in the new year. You too, Erica. Stay well. <laughs> Thanks. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Sonia Shelley. Uh, as we alluded to earlier in the interview and offline before we recorded, I mean, I really just miss talking to the players around the ice, being around the ice. Uh, you know, I, I also hinted that Mike Murphy is going to be one of our upcoming guests. And Mike always jokes about how much time I would spend around the, the ice. You know, I know of the term rink rat. I think it's usually used for younger people, but uh, if there's an end up rink rat, it might be me. But that's because I'm learning hockey through women's hockey and I have to watch a lot more hockey to, to keep up with, with people my age and younger uh, who know the game really well. But, um, you know, I loved what Sonia said about how she stays focused between whistles. And I'm serious. Um, you know, we have Chipwitch. We have, uh, what is it, Normatech now, I think is what they're called. Um, there are some options. Mike, Mike a goalie up in, in the snow globe, giving us hashtag content and honoring the sponsors. What is better than that? What is better than that? Hey, I'm available. If anyone needs a marketing strategist for women's sports, uh, we saw that WNBA just got their first chief marketing officer. Mm. If you know about my WNBA coverage, you know I definitely have thoughts about that. Skirt. Anyway, we're going to close out this episode of the Founding Four podcast. I want to thank Sonia Shelley and, of course, the NWHL and the Riveters for making time for us to chat and Again, I'm really excited to bring you my conversation with Mike Murphy. We might have to break it down into two podcast episodes, but I'll put the whole video up so you can enjoy us having a good time, having fun, and talking about stats and the importance of statistics. Uh, so as always, thank you so much for your support for the Founding Four podcast. It means a whole bunch to me and, of course, all of my guests, not only when you listen, but when you share the podcast and ratings and reviews help us, you know, get to the top of, you know, whatever standings and algorithms that we need to get more eyes and ears on women's hockey. So thank you. And uh, until next time, 
This is Erica Lindsay Ayala signing out. Bye.